Hi, and welcome to the Milk and Honey Podcast. I'm your host, Lemon Price, creator of Pricelessly Imperfect, a Girl Power Alliance Field Advisory Board member, and a dog rescuer. This podcast is for Christian women who want to step into their kingdom leadership with all the confidence in the world. Inside, we're going to be talking about ditching antiquated views of womanhood as it relates to the kingdom, how to grow a business with God at the forefront, and stewarding all the provisions and talents God has given us so we can grow the kingdom. So whether you're a woman looking to launch your business or you're a seasoned pro, there's something here for you. Let's dive into today's episode together, shall we? Welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. I am so excited to talk about stewardship today because it is just the the word that God has given me for the year, right? I know people say like, what's, what's your word of the year? This one has been pressing so hard on me this year. Um, towards the end of 2022, I was in a biblical leadership program and we were talking about the impact that the program had had on us right at the, the very last week. And I just remember ugly, I mean, I full on ugly cried and during this call with these four women talking about stewardship. And because the whole, the whole 16 weeks, we really talked about the way we are stewarding ourselves, the way we're stewarding our relationships, our finances, our health, like all these things. Right. And so even though that's not the word that was used, that was the overall theme is how are you caring for the things that God has given you? And I just remember full on ugly crying, mascara running, like it was not a very pretty sight, and I apologize to the women who had to watch me do that, but it was necessary. I just felt the Lord work so deeply in me to cover stewardship and to focus on stewardship. And I can tell you that it has radically changed the way that I have lived my life. It has radically changed the way I do things has radically changed the way I interact with people. Um, and so I'm excited just to dive into this episode today and really talk about it. So I want to get into a biblical definition of stewardship. So it, and this is according to um, like Christianity.com. It says the Christian steward is not only responsible for the financial blessings provided by God, but also the spiritual gifts that are given through the Holy Spirit. And so I, my personal, like one of my favorite verses is in first Peter four verses nine and 10. And it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And then it, it lists like some things that you should do. Um, and so to me, when I think about stewardship, I immediately go to that verse, right? It's offering hospitality. It's caring for the gifts that God has given us, all of the gifts that God has given us. And so I want to talk about what it looks like to be a good steward and what are some of the the qualities of a good steward. And so I'm excited just to dive into this um, with you today. So one of the very first things that we need to acknowledge and talk about is the fact that a good steward understands that there is a role and responsibility because they are believers. So Michelle Schaefer, and you guys can listen to an episode I did with her a few weeks ago, is she 
during my third round of Radiant Leadership Academy, I'm telling you, if you have not done Radiant Leadership Academy yet, you need to because I promise it is different every time. You hear things differently every single time and it just radically transforms you every single time, which is why I'm doing it a third time right now. Um, And I'm also signed up to teach Radiant Leadership Academy and my class starts April the 4th. If you want to get on that wait list now, then just go visit the show notes and get signed up for that because I'm excited. So anyway, one of the things she said about stewardship and, you know, she, and I, again, I, the focus of this course is not stewardship, but it just has been resonating so heavily with me is she said, we cannot change what we don't acknowledge. Right. And so we have to acknowledge the fact that we are daughters of a king. We have divine lineage. We have a divine heritage and the Bible tells us that we are co-heirs with Christ. And so with that, there is a responsibility that we have. We have to take our role in the kingdom very seriously. And so we ha- we have to think about everything we're doing, everything we're saying, the the behaviors that we have, because everything has to be intentional. If Jesus is our ultimate model for what it means to to you know, to go after God, right? To be hungry for the Lord. If Jesus is our ultimate example, Jesus was very intentional with the words that he used, the relationships he formed, the way he interacted with people. Like Jesus knew his role and responsibility. And so we too have to know our role and responsibility as we are stewarding, you know, life around us and the relationships around us and our homes. And we have a responsibility to care for them. And I love that that verse, 1 Peter 4, 9, talks about like offering hospitality, right? Our first mission field is our home. And I actually wrote a blog post about it. I'll link that too. I wrote a blog post about how your home can be your first mission field. And it is not enough to offer hospitality to those outside of your home, but we have to start with the people inside of our home and stewarding our home well. Um there's a quote in my office. My husband got it for me. He picked it up from my copy lobby. So cute. And it and I look at it every day. It says the most important work you will ever do will be within the walls of your home. And when I think about that in relationship to stewardship, I just think about the responsibility that I have that my husband has to provide a safe home, to provide a loving home, to provide a home that is full of the spirit, to also be able to have a home that welcomes other people where they can feel the spirit. I mean, that's how, I mean, that's how I ended up a Christian is my neighbors were incredible stewards of their relationships. They were incredible stewards of their home. They were incredible stewards of their marriage, right? Of the relationship they had with their kids. And so I had a good relationship with their children, which then of course led me to spending more time in their home, watching their marriage for, I mean, a full decade. I watched their marriage and then some, I mean, they're still happily married. They're the cutest people ever. But I watched them have this home that was full of love and you could walk in and feel the spirit. I always tell people that my neighbor's husband could literally read the ingredients on a cereal box and you would feel the spirit because this man is so in tune with what God's doing. He takes his, and of course, I, you know, he's never read me ingredients on a cereal box, but, and so I can't say that for sure, but he is so intentional with his relationship with the Lord that it spills out into every aspect of his life. And he understands his role and responsibility 
And because they understand their role and their responsibility, that is how I became a Christian. That is how I was introduced to the Lord is because of their faithfulness and because they took their job as believers seriously. And so we have the same responsibility to to take what is going on in our world and making sure we are filtering it through a God lens. I tell, I tell the boys all the time, every interaction you have, because people know that you're a Christian, every interaction that you have will either draw people closer to God or it is going to push them away because they are watching you as a believer to see what it means to be a believer and to see what kind of a person you are. And they're going to judge God based on your behavior. And I know it sounds like a lot of responsibility, right, for a nine and almost 11-year-old, but they made it a big deal when they were baptized, right? They told all their friends at school. They told their teachers, right? And so I say to them all the time, because everybody knows that you love Jesus, they're looking to see what kind of person you are and how that reflects God. They are looking to see if... You know, if you say you're a Christian, but then you behave badly, like that is going to impact them. They're going to think, I'm like, and I know these kids are only in third and fourth grade, but that is going to impact how they feel about the Lord because they are, they're going to remember that, you know, this kid in their third grade class maybe said he loved Jesus, but he also treated people badly if that was the case. And thankfully it's not, I get really excellent reports from school, but it is a big responsibility that we have to steward ourselves and our relationships and the things that we have so that they can positively reflect the Lord, right? I mean, Titus 2 talks about how women need to do all of these things, right? We need to be keepers of the home. We need to do all of these things so that no one can slander the name of the Lord, right? I don't have it in front of me, but that's, what is that, right? Paraphrasing here. But it's, we are supposed to be good stewards of these things so that no one can say anything, you know, negatively about God. Matthew talks about how your works should glorify God, how people should be able to see the good things that you do and it glorify God, not yourselves, but the Lord. And so that is a big responsibility. And I'm like harping on this, but it's a huge responsibility to understand and be intentional with our actions because we have a big responsibility to play. Okay. I'm going to like get off my high horse on this one. Okay. So the next thing is that good stewards know that everything belongs to the Lord. This is something I've been trying to teach the boys like really heavily because they have not been great. And I'm going to admit this is a total transparency. This has been a failure on my part is that they don't always take care of their things right? I definitely have like replaced iPad screens multiple times and iPad screen like covers and things because they've been falling asleep on. They've been left in their bed and my dog has sat on them. Like they've done those things and we've done a terrible job and I'm going to like, admit, well, like I'm, I'm trying to get better, right? My husband and I are good stewards of the things that we have, but I haven't translated it well to the boys. And so this is something I'm working on is teaching them that everything that you have belongs to God. Everything we've been given belongs to God. And so I love that verse, you know, that I read at the beginning. It's talking about how because we've been blessed, we have to go out and bless others. We have to go and take care of the things that God has given us. And that includes like our home. That includes the the physical things that we have. They do not belong to me. They are the Lord's. And he has just blessed me with them. 
and trusted me for safekeeping. And this was something I went through going through Radiant Leadership Academy. We were talking about um, caring for things and the way we steward things. And I immediately thought about my house. We live in a house that I do not love right now. We're in the middle of buying a new one. And I didn't love this house. And I'm going to tell you, this is such testament. I'm going to get emotional about it. But we've lived in this house now for three years. And again, I don't love it. But it was, I remember when we first moved in, that was a total God thing. There was like a crazy thing that happened. Um, our lease was up. We were visiting family in Texas while for the summer. And so we found like a new place to rent. And while we were driving home, we literally got a call that somebody else had rented the house out from under us. Um, they they forgot to take it off of the, you know, the listing site. And so somebody rented it while we were driving back from Texas. And so here we are with the dogs and all of our stuff in storage. And we were like, okay, we got to figure it out. And so, so many places like didn't want to let us rent because of our dogs or they, they weren't going to have anything available right away. And so we were like, what do we do? And I remember we found this house. And our landlord's so sweet. You know, this man is in his late 80s and he is prior service like my husband. And so he literally like just handed us, it was moving ready. And he said, here's the keys. And I remember like, did we didn't sign a lease yet. We hadn't exchanged money. Like nothing had happened yet. But he was like, here's the keys. Like, well, this was a Saturday. He said, we'll worry about it on Monday. Right. There was no background check, no credit, like none of that stuff happened. No asking about our employment. I mean, nothing. And it was such a guy. And I remember feeling like, okay, Lord, like you're really aware of us. Like, thank you so much. You know, and I was so, I felt so like euphoric when that happened. Right. And the longer we lived here, the the more like disdain I had, like it, the house isn't big enough. There's like issues or things that need to change. And I was like, I wasn't treating the house the way I felt about it when we first moved in three years ago. And I remember feeling so convicted, like, God is not going to bless us with a different home when I am not stewarding this one well, right? Like why would he, right? The the Bible says that you, you know, you have to be trusted with a little so you can be trusted with a lot. And I was, I remember calling my husband. I was hysterical. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I haven't been doing the best job taking care. You know, I haven't treated it like a permanent home. I haven't treated it like the place we live. I've treated it like it's something temporary, and that's not okay. And I was so emotional about it. And so, you know, I've radically changed the way I did things, right? I like massively decluttered and, you know, I've just treated the house differently. And now I'm seeing the fruits of that, right? Like now we are literally in the middle of house hunting and things right now for something better in a better school district. And I'm, I have to say that I can only attest that to the fact that I took care of the thing that God already gave me, right? Because this thing isn't mine, it's God's. And God is seeing how I'm going to trust the thing or take care of the thing that he has given me, right? Can he trust me with something he has given me? And so now I've spent the last four or five months really pouring into our house and treating it like a home instead of something temporarily that we live in. And I'm just seeing a totally different outcome, right? Like things are happening, miraculous things are happening. And I am just so grateful for that because it was a, it was a really humbling experience for me to be like, wow, I've not been a good steward of my home. And of course, then that translates down to my boys who are not stewarding their toys well, right? Like, yes, everything else my husband and I take really good care of, but I wasn't taking great care of this house, right? Like 
Yes, our house was clean. Yes, it was organized. All this, right? The important things were done. But I wasn't decorating it like it was our permanent home. I wasn't, you know, we weren't like having people over. Like I didn't do those things before. And so then I started doing that, right? I started putting more energy and effort into the way the house looks and having people in our home and, you know, interacting more with our neighbors. We've lived here for three years and I'm like just now getting to really know my neighbors for the first time. And so I'm like, all right, like, Lord, like, I see you. I see the difference. And the Lord is showing up because of it, because of that stewardship. And so we have to remember that the things God has given us are temporary and they are meant to, as like a trust exercise, right? Like, can God trust you with the things he's given you? Because they're not ours, ultimately, they are the Lord's. Okay, again, guys, I'm like on a high horse today with these these two traits, right? Um, the next thing, a good steward is trustworthy, right? We We have to be women of our word. We have to be women who, when we say something is going to happen, it happens. Um, and yes, life circumstances come up, but as you know, as much as we can, we can do to be women of our word. And this is something we talked about in um, my coaching certification program that I'm in right now. So it's a 16 week biblical leadership training program that we're going to be training on. And so that I'll be teaching in April. And I'm excited about that. And so one of the questions, you know, somebody asks is, well, can we get a substitute? What if there's an emergency? Can we get a substitute? And she's like, no, you can't get a substitute. If there's like a real emergency, right? Like you get into a car accident or something that morning, yes, like move move the call. You know, there are things beyond our control. But the but Michelle was saying, she's like, I've literally like gotten texts in the middle of teaching this class about a death in the family. I've gotten, you know, calls that I need to go be somewhere right away and we we still make the call right because we are the woman that needs to be the constant in this in this course that we're teaching we are the one that has to be trustworthy right because women are going to be bearing their souls are going to share these deep intimate things and so we have to be the constant we have to be the thing that is trustworthy and so I was like okay like I love that you know and I know that I felt that from Michelle leading the course, right? I'm doing it for the third time with her. And we we got like great news yesterday and she was the first person I wanted to call about it. And I did. And so being, being a good steward means being trustworthy. It means showing up when you say you're going to show up. It means following through when you say you're going to follow through. And so, because again, like I, like I tell my boys, everything we do, is a reflection of the Lord. When people know that you're a Christian, everything you do is a reflection of the Lord. And so how can we show up and be trustworthy? Because God is trustworthy. And so we have to be trustworthy people as well. All right, next, obviously, we have to be faithful, right? We have to put God first in all that we do as good stewards. So, oh my gosh, you might have seen this, right? Trending on TikTok, like, my gosh, what was it last summer, two summers ago, maybe two summers ago? And it was talking about how like, do you, you know, you need Jesus all the time. And the response is like, I need Jesus to go to Walmart. And that's true. Like we literally, we have to put Jesus first in literally everything that we do and trust that everything God is doing is for our benefit, 
right? My husband always prays about good times and perceived bad times because just because something feels like it is crumbling around us, right? Even though something feels really bad and we've been through our fair share of it in the last three years, even though something feels like it's crumbling around you, God has a purpose for it and there is a reason for it. And so we have to we have to step forward in faith even when it feels really hard. To be a good steward means we have to exemplify our faith even though it feels really hard sometimes. Because people are watching. And if your faith crumbles every single time something bad happens, then is it really faith at all? right? Is it, it's really easy to be faithful when everything is smooth sailing and easy. It's a lot harder to be faithful when things feel difficult, right? When you're unsure of what the next step is, when you're unsure if, you know, if this is really like what God wanted, is this what God intended? And so we have to, we have to stay strong and put God first in everything, even when it feels challenging, even when it doesn't feel great, right? We have to find that comfort and that peace in what we're doing. Um, Another thing is that good stewards are discerning, right? They're leaning into the Holy Ghost. We are are leaning into what the Spirit is telling us, and we are testing everything against Scripture. I had this great conversation last night. We had a great conversation with our boys about um, the adversary, right? So we were talking about Satan last night. (laughs) I know that sounds very intense, but we've been studying this week Jesus going out into the wilderness and fasting and how Satan came to tempt him, right? And so we were we were learning about who Satan is and what his methods are, right? The Bible tells us what Satan's going to do. And so one of the things we were talking about is how good thoughts, you know, come from the Lord and when bad thoughts don't, right? How these how these negative influences are not of God. And so he said, well, how do I know if something's good? You know, my oldest said that. And the youngest was like, well, what your parents say is good. And I was like, well, is that true? Right? Is that necessarily true? Because they have um, other influences in their life that are not believers. And what they consider to be good is what the world would consider to be good. And so I said, well, that's a that's an adult in your life, you know, that has influence. And they say that X, Y, Z thing is good, but what does God say? And they're like, well, God says that that's not good. And I'm like, okay, so that can't be our measure of what's what's good and what's bad. And so finally the oldest is like, oh, like we have to test it, right? We have to test it against what God says. And I'm like, yes, that's what the Bible says, right? Is we have to test everything against what the Lord says, right? Lean on the spirit and then test it. Test it against scripture because God is never going to contradict himself and ask you to do something that is, you know, contradictory to what he has already said in scripture. And so they were like, okay, like we got that, you know? And so we have to do the same thing. We have to be discerning. Is this of the Lord? Is this where God wants me? Is this the next step? Right. So I would encourage you to pray about it, to fast about something, to dive into scripture and see, like, is this really of God? I think God will, God will confirm things for you. You know, I will, I just had this experience, right? Where I prayed about something and 
I like to play, it's so terrible, but I'll play like scripture roulette basically. Right? I'll pray about something. I will open my scriptures with my eyes closed and just literally point to a verse. And never in the eight years that I've been a believer has have I ever landed on a scripture that did not speak to directly what I just prayed about. And then it'll just come up in church. I will have somebody talk about the thing I just prayed about, right? Or or talk about the verse that I landed on or something like, right? Like it'll be confirmed multiple ways or my husband will randomly bring it up, right? Or the kids will randomly bring it up like, you know, like that particular verse or provide the same kind of guidance that I was given. And so when whenever something is of God, like he will he will confirm it to you. And so you we just have to be discerning in knowing when something is of the Lord and when it's not. So um, the other thing is there's radical obedience as a good steward, right? Radical, radical obedience. We have to, we have to jump when God says to jump. Um, One of my friends said one time that delayed obedience is still disobedience. And that like shook me to the core, you know, because I was like, okay, I hear you. You know, there's been so many times where I have delayed on something and I'm like, I wonder what would have happened if I had just done it when I felt the Lord prompting me to do it. Um, I know me moving to Georgia was like a big thing, right? So I will, I remember in 2014, I had applied to teach at uh, different schools down in the Beaufort, South Carolina area and, you know, had interviewed and, and done all the things and was on my way to becoming a teacher down here in South Carolina. And I remember I met my ex-husband right in the middle of that process. And he wanted to stay up there. And of course I was so young and in love. I was 23 years old. I was young and in love. And so at least I thought I was in love. And so I stayed, I gave up this prompting I had right to go Move back down south, right? I'd done my undergrad in South Carolina. I wanted to come back really badly. I knew this is where I was supposed to be. I've known since I was 10, I was supposed to live in the south. And so it was like a very clear vision from the Lord that we can talk about another time. But I remember just thinking to myself, like, you know, his family doesn't really live around the area anymore. Like, we, I could convince him to come south, right? He was a disabled veteran. I'm like, your money's going to go further down there. Like, this just makes sense. Like, we should move. And that never came. And things just got really bad. Things got really ugly. Things got really tumultuous. And I remember when we split, one of the very first things I did, I remember I was on my way home from church with my neighbor. And she'd asked me, like, what are you going to do when your divorce is finalized? Like, where are you going to go? Are you going to stay here? What are you doing? And without like skipping a beat, I said to her, I'm moving to Georgia. And she was like, do you know anybody in Georgia? I was like, no. She was like, okay, that sounds good. And so, and Savannah and, and I told her I was going to Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia and Beaufort are literally like on the other side of a bridge from each other. So like same, same vicinity. And so I was like, okay, like that's what I'm going to do. And so... I literally went home from church. I booked a flight to Savannah, flew from, um, I think I actually ended up flying from like North Jersey because I couldn't get a flight from Philly. And so I flew from North Jersey down to Savannah and then I found an apartment and moved here like within 10 days. 
I came back. I literally was here for two days, found my apartment, flew back up. And within 10 days, like I was driving back down here with all of my stuff. And that's where I met my husband now. And we are insanely happy. We've, you know, we met at church and, and everything has just been really beautiful. And the life we're building is really beautiful. And it's so funny because he landed here via the army the same year that I was looking at moving here. And so I could have been here if I had followed that prompting in the beginning. I would have been here at the same time that he, when he first got here. Do you, I believe that we would have necessarily met right then? I have no idea. But we were here at the same time. We could have been here at the same time if I had just followed that prompting and I hadn't I hadn't delayed that obedience, right? And so many things happened because of that delayed obedience, right? Obviously, I ended up divorced. It was a very bad marriage. Um, I ended up taking a job that I, you know, that we needed to stay afloat and that tore my rotator cuff. And I had to have surgery and it's, I haven't been able to coach gymnastics or cheerleading ever since. Um, And so my whole world changed, right? Because of that delayed obedience, my whole world changed. And I'm grateful for the place that I'm in now. But I, I do wonder sometimes like, what would have happened if I just practiced the radical obedience? And so I say this to tell you, like, I'm not perfect at all, right? I'm still working on these things. But as somebody who is working on their stewardship, radical obedience is something that I am fully working on and trying to be better about doing. And so I want to leave that with you. When the Lord prompts you to do something, act on it because it will make a big difference in your world. Um, And you never know the impact it will have on others when you practice that radical obedience. Um, I'm actually bringing my friend Michelle Tufford on in a few weeks to talk about some radical obedience that she practiced and the impact it's had on her and, and hundreds of other women. So I'm excited to dive deeper into radical obedience here in a few weeks. And so I just want to encourage you to think about your, your role as a believer. Think about the responsibility you have as a believer and how people view the Lord because of your actions, because that's what it means to be a good steward is to glorify God in all that we do. And so I can't wait to see you next week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Milk and Honey Show. I hope this episode has helped you feel more confident in the calling God has for you so you can lean into your purpose and impact. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to help more Christian women entrepreneurs just like you. Don't forget to take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at the Lemon Price. I'll see you next week.